Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 42. It is the first week of May, finally. It already feels like the longest year in history, and it is only May. My goodness. Uh, That being said, I know it's been long so far, but I hope you and your family are safe. These are challenging times for all of us, so uh, hang in there, everyone. Hang in there. Hopefully, uh, we're getting closer to the cure and getting back released into the wild Um, but if 2020 hadn't done enough damage already if you thought to yourself it can't possibly get any worse sure enough last week it was announced that the asian murder hornets had landed in america i didn't make that up um i wish i was at this point uh use your pocket google machine and check it out for yourselves Apparently, these things kill bumblebees, which, uh, besides being an iconic Camaro, are the things that are necessary for human survival. Uh, I'm serious. First, the aliens. Now, the murder hornets. 2020 has said, hold my beer and watch this. I mean, it is drunk. Someone needs to call it a cab and send it home. Uh, But before... We get captured by our alien overlords or starved into extinction due to the murder hornets. Do yourself a favor, subscribe to the Fast Brackets podcast so that you are first to get each episode, um, each new episode. You can do it on iTunes. You can subscribe and rate the show on that little purple icon on your iPhone. Or if you're on Android, you can subscribe and make comments to the SoundCloud app. Uh, If you're having problems, uh, with getting either one of those loaded up, message me directly if you're having a hard time. I'll, I will help you. But uh, guys, girls, we have two unbelievable guests this week. I'm really, really excited to have them with us. First of all, Don O'Neill makes a return. He is a top sportsman standout and always entertaining. And then our man, Sean Langdon, he is a top fuel world champion. Uh, so I can't wait to have both of them on. So let's get to it. Uh, get to doing whatever it is you do while you're listening to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on the old heap, or I guess sit quietly and stare out a window. I don't know, whatever we're doing in this quarantine. Metaphorically speaking, though, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's put get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. And we talked a little bit a lot last week about electric cars and specifically the 1,400-horse E Mustang Ford just released. Um, and I wasn't too excited about it, actually, although 1,400-horse would be fun on the morning commute. I will admit that. Uh, but I got a little bit of heat from my Prius driving friends. Um, I don't have that many that drive Priuses, but shockingly, the ones that do are very vocal. In either event, uh, if you have a long commute and are trying to save a few bucks, I get it. Uh, Absolutely do what is necessary from an economical standpoint to be efficient. But the e-vehicles are not giving me any truly great feelings, I'm going to tell you. And don't you dare, and this is the whole point, do not be guilt tripped by these people when these racetracks do open up again and of course racetracks are gonna open up before some of the other sports that are indoors uh so there's gonna be some angst there's gonna be some jealousy that we get to go do our thing before other places get to do their thing um and at that point the backlash is coming The Karens are out there, and they are going to start up with the don't you care about the environment, blah, blah, blah. And when Karen gets a little too excited, after you've had enough, you've let her say her piece, and if she comes at you one more time, let her know this. There are about 1,500 potentially active volcanoes worldwide, and about 500 of those 1,500 volcanoes have erupted to date. 
Many of those are located along the Pacific Rim, uh, which is known as the Ring of Fire. In the United States, uh, the volcanoes in Hawaii and Alaska are part of that ring. But there are 169 potentially active volcanoes in the United States. And each one of those volcanoes spews out more carbon footprint than all the other gasolines in the country do each year combined. Uh, volcanoes truly are amazing. Um, they cause so much destruction and destroy so much of the ozone in the planet when they erupt that it is incredible to me, anyway, that people live next to and deal with active volcanoes all the time. Listen, um, I've had an angry ex-wife. Uh, I was on edge with that. I would not want to live next to an active volcano. Uh, that uh, is wild to me and would stress me out. But they are truly a wondrous thing. I mean, and um, and I'm not saying you know uh, whatever. Um, destroy the environment because the volcanoes are going to get to it anyway. What I'm saying is that, that those self-righteous blowhards should do something to actually help instead of pretending they're doing something with their Prius. Um, and that actual something, at least in my mind, is picking up trash. Do you ever notice how someone will lecture you on the environment but can't be troubled to pick up trash that is around them, or worse yet, we're litter right in front of you. I've been asking people to worry about what they can control for a long time, uh, and that's why I truly don't worry about the aliens or the murder hornets. Uh, but what we can control is litter and the trash around us. And, you know, we've all seen this at the track, and I'm not the morality police, but uh, in the name of how do we make this sport just a little bit better, I think one of the great ways we racers could contribute to this is to make certain that racetracks aren't littered messes when we leave at the end of each weekend. That way, we as racers can truly take the moral high ground when we say, hey, Karen, I don't litter. I pick up trash and we let the volcanoes cause the destruction. Okay, let's put this thing in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. And on with us now is a guy who was on episode number 16. So if you have not heard Don O'Neill before, stop right now. Uh, go listen to episode 16. Go back and listen, get the backstory, get up to speed on my man. He is a top sportsman standout, and it is truthfully criminal that he has not been on more often than what he is because he's a huge supporter of the show and is a huge supporter of our classes and uh, just loves the classes. So um, from God's country, Evansville, Indiana, Don O'Neill. Welcome back, man. What's going on, Rex? Thanks for having me on the show. And I don't know if uh, that may that may be the best intro I think I've ever been given uh, into an interview. So uh, kudos to you on that one. Well, I've I got to find out who is in charge of booking the the show because uh, they are really screwing up by not having you on more often. Uh, probably helping your ratings more than anything by not having me. <laughs> well, uh, as soon as I find out who's in charge of booking, I'll uh, I will uh, strangle them a little bit. But uh, um, before <laughs> for that, uh, how, how have you been doing uh, in this quarantine, man? I know you as a guy who does not sit well, sit still very well. Um, are you okay? How you doing? Yeah, we're we're doing fine. And no, I don't sit I don't sit still very long. Uh, it, we're just I mean we're getting through it. I mean we're still we're still functioning. Uh, you know, Speedway Marketing and Media. We have clients and uh, we have to uh, still handle business for them. And we have sponsors within our race team organizations that we still have to uh, provide content and do business for them as well. And and get race cars ready to go uh, as soon as. Uh, somebody says it's all good to to head out and start running NHRA events and probably start looking at some other racing series across the Midwest area as well to uh, start filling in some blanks here uh, to get on the track. So, no, we, we've been still been busy, uh, still working, uh, putting in half days. You know, there's 24 hours in a day, and, and we work 12. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Put, put, putting them in, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, – 
be ready to go when it comes time to hit the racetrack. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that the other day, you know, from a marketing standpoint, and we're, you know, plenty of us have uh, marketing partners that we help and, and they help us. So those are good partnerships. But it is, it's extremely difficult right now because normally we would have content that would be coming at us. We would have races. We would be able to say, hey, we just hit the road and um, thanks. But since none of that is our, you have to be really pretty creative in this day and age to um, help your sponsors and, and keep the content rolling. Uh, you do. And, and I think that goes in, you know, everybody's doing like, if you really want to look at it, everybody's got gets asked the same question. Okay. What are you going to do for us now? You're not racing. So what part of your program is there for you to do now? What, how are you going to provide deliverables for us as a company and and you've seen various uh forms of that happen there's more facebook lives going on there's more people with that are coming out with different types of podcasting uh because they can't get on a racetrack um you know we're no different but you know we were doing cam and i've been doing a podcast you know for over a year with racers and rental cars we've always done social media and things of that nature uh, for our partners so we don't really have to like change our plan um at all i mean we add to it and, and kind of move things around depending upon what now our partner strategy is because your strategy as a racing organization or a marketing company has to be about what your client is doing and where they're looking and what their point of view is their perspective if you're not looking and taking your cues from how their strategy is being played out or how they want it to be played out and that becomes a you know that becomes a stumbling block so yeah no you in in my thing is we were joking about it a couple weeks ago i was having a call with some marketing executives and they were laughing they were like give us 60 days back and let's see how many people are still doing their podcasts and their facebook lives and <laughs> and all all of this content he goes because it's all going to come to a screeching halt because oh yeah we're all going to get busy with those regular life regular race team regular race organization duties so uh i'll be i'll be kind of sitting back looking uh, come september 1st october 1st when we get to uh get up to full speed and we'll see how many people are still being able to follow through with their uh their social media plan at this time. Yeah, that's interesting. And to your point, um, you guys with your racers and rental cards podcast have done more video stuff here as of late, Pr truthfully, maybe a little more video than what your looks allow, but, um, you know, like the, that's good, right? No, and it is. And I do, I've always said I had a face for radio versus TV. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and that's no big deal about that. I mean, I've had that same face for 25 years. Uh, but no, yeah, you have to, however you can get your brand or your, you know, your brand that you're representing as a brand ambassador, however you can go about doing it and it being organic and, and organic content right. and not, not pre-planned, not staged, uh, you know, having a cycle, if you will, all of that stuff plays out. And, um, you, you know, we just. We're just doing something different because it got to the point where we couldn't talk about everything in our regular podcast program. And so we just decided that we were going to take a couple things out. And we've been working on our YouTube program and trying to bring it up to speed as we're going to, you know, at some point we'll come full circle and we'll have a live live portion of our, our podcast is going to go YouTube-wise. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody has plans and, you know, we just – trying to toy around with some different software and programming just to, uh, you know, get the kinks and the bugs worked out. And, and every week is a dumpster fire. I know that's not our phrase, but it's one that we've definitely taken on. Uh, and if you just want to see the, the circus come to town, you just got to tune into our podcast or anytime that we go Facebook live, because I promise you, uh, we will make your life look like a rose garden with uh, Girl Scout cookies. And where, if if any of our listeners have not heard that before, where's the best place for them to check it out? What's the... Oh, uh, the Races and Rental Cars podcast. Uh, obviously, we have our website, racesandrentalcars.com, but Spotify, Google, iTunes, uh, 
SoundCloud or Master or Cluster or whatever that one is as well. Sure. Uh, where where anywhere that you're that you're consuming your digital content, your podcast, uh, you can find ours as well. Yep. No, that's that's great stuff, and I know you've been working very very hard with that uh, during this time. But uh, let's let's change gears a little bit. Um, have you made any changes to your race program over the winter? I mean, did you? Uh, Not. A- yeah, no, we we have and we haven't. We've really done a lot more of R and D and so forth, um, reconfiguring. Re, you know, you always anytime you put re in front of in front of something, it's funny. But re-engineered a few things. Uh, we switched the car over from methanol to gas. We're we're going to be on you know VP Q sixteen and C twenty five this year. Really? Um, went to um, went to a different uh, belt drive system, uh, controlling our belt issues. Uh, up on the front on the drive system and so uh but yeah not really anything over the moon um you know spent uh, a day up on the hub dyno up in chicago a few weeks ago getting ready to make a trip back here in a couple weeks as well to do some more hub dyno testing um but yeah no we're uh you know it's it's because it's so it's not a 665 two carburetor big block chevy with nitrous that you know everybody has or at this point it's not a pro charger combination or it's not a roots blower style where i mean literally you can call up anybody that runs one and they can give you exactly what you need to to go we're kind of you know we're we're a one-off deal uh a lot like you know mark mark Payne with his ls turbos and a lot like you see Beatty with his uh whipple ls combination so i mean the three of us are out here and we're running LSs and we're kind of, you know, we're kind of beating our heads against the wall step by step, getting better and better at it. And Mark Payne and JC had a couple of years on me and, and I, in our program. And I feel like, you know, we're going to, we're going to close up the gap a little bit. And uh, of course, uh, after we can get back on the hub dyno and get off and go to the racetrack, we'll uh, see exactly how much uh, horsepower we picked up with our Magnus and combination. But, uh, definitely looking forward to it, and we still I still feel like it's the future uh, in bracket racing and go fast economically to make that kind of horsepower. Uh, I feel like it's something that you're going to see more and more people turning to. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I'm a big fan of the LS platform. Um, I've done a swap into my, my old 69 Firebird and um, just picked up a newer one, actually. Um, so a big fan of that um, LS platform. And I'm with you. It's it's only going to grow. Um, I'm curious though. You said you made the switch from methanol to gasoline. What's the thought process behind that? Well, the whip or the Magnuson deal, it, and and the Whipple that's running the factory stock. Those are OEM blower combinations that you can get from the factory, and that's the key when you're running it in Top Sportsman, or if you were to do it in Top Dragster, is that. There's a different set of rules when it comes to OEM. And so with that being said, we're limited on the size of injectors that are out there in the marketplace to flow enough fuel on the methanol side. And that's that's really what we were, you know, we were running into where we're 100% duty cycle on an injector. It never closed from the time it opened to be able to try to get enough fuel inside the the manifold so it made it easy to take a step back go to the gas side uh to q16 and c25 and uh you know we added a small tank up front for an intercooler and and you know away we go and now we're you know back down where you would normally be for a duty cycle for an injector where most people um are are at you know as far as that percentages go so it, it was a. It was basically by design. If we went and tried to do anything above and beyond where we were at at the ceiling, it was going to no longer be an OEM combination, oh. and we, and we just can't do that. So uh, we want, and that's part of the marketing piece of it as well. Is this is something that you can call, order off the shelf, and put it together in a package, and away you go. Right. Yeah. No. That's uh. That's interesting stuff. And. Obviously, more fuel the better, right? When uh, trying to make a few more horsepower um, with that thing, so interesting. We'll um, maybe we'll have you back when uh, you get more dyno results if you want to talk about that. Oh, absolutely! It's whether whether we're whether I'm licking my wounds or I'm trying to do cartwheels, either way, we're gonna we're gonna whip its tail one way or another. <laughs> That's right. 
Speaking of whip and its tail, do you think we're going to actually get to race this year? I mean, are, are we just um, postponing the inevitable that the whole season is going to get canceled? I mean, the NHRA has its own special set of, you know, rules they got to deal with and they, they got to stay away from lawsuits and the whole thing. Well, it, it depends. I, I have a lot of different scenarios. Do I think we're going drag racing? Obviously, bracket racing's already taken off. There's been some events that have taken place. Um, I feel like your local, local and regional areas are going to get back up to speed and get back to racing. Uh, I feel like we, we have to from that standpoint. Uh, obviously, our spectator count is atypically not an issue at, at those type of events. Uh, so I think at that point, your, your speed bump becomes your local government, um, you know, and how each state wants to handle uh, interacting with uh, transient people coming in and out of the state. Uh, so I think if you set that aside from that point and, and say, okay, we just need to get over these speed bumps and hurdles, um, you know, and, and apply the rule of be an adult, be a mature individual, if you feel like you don't, you're not you don't you're not going to be safe or you're at risk or you fall into those categories um and you're fearful for it then stay at home but don't be the person that's calling and and raising a stink or being negative on social media or out in the public uh because you you don't want to go or you can't go don't ruin it for the people that are trying to do the right thing and get back to some sort of sense of normalcy so you know, if you can set that aside and then, you know, you move to the national event side, that's a, that's a completely different animal um, because at the national event side, you have not only your local local governments that you have to deal with statewide, uh, but you're also going to have the transient for, for the travel. But we can't really make any money if we don't have fans to open the gates to come in and the midways and so forth so we don't have a tv package structured like nascar does we don't have charter systems um that's that's a a lot of moving parts there that blocks have to be checked on uh do i think that we can get there yeah do i think it's going to be like you've seen in the past no um you know uh, you're gonna you've got to get race teams back going so they can get funding back into their pockets at the same time, you've got to get it going so the racing organization can withstand it and be back uh, in 2021. Uh, you know, so I feel like it's going to come. Is August a good window? My gut tells me no. Uh, I really feel like it's going to be a September, October game plan, November. Um, I, I feel like August. There's going to be a few of the areas that just aren't going to be back up to speed. Um, but, I mean, then again, I'm not a politician, and um, and we just have to uh, sit back and let the powers to be make those make those decisions because there is a lot of liability with it. Uh, and people that are out there and they're making those decisions to go racing now, they're going to be assuming a lot of liability. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'm optimistic that we're going racing. When? I don't know. Well, for the record, Don, I would vote for you. If you run for office, let me know. Um, Now, primarily, I vote for anybody who uh, will at least think about reducing government instead of making it bigger. So there's that. But uh, I would vote for you if you were going to run for office, just for the record. And um, and I appreciate your comments. I think think you're dead on. Like, there's so much legal liability that – NHRA specifically and a lot of tracks are trying to mitigate through that it is really anybody's guess at I think at this time. Yeah. And, and it is. And, and I mean, I Cam and I have said it numerous times. I would not want to be in the boardroom making the decisions, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind being in the boardroom to be part of the decision-making process uh, because, you know, this is a, you know, in a way, it's kind of like a military operation with crisis management, and you've got risk versus reward. You've got collateral damage. All of those things play in, and you, you just have to make the majority answer and and move forward. You're not going to please everybody. Not everybody's going to feel safe. Not everybody's going to want to go racing. 
But those that do, go. But don't live your life in fear and go. And um, move forward and, you know, let's lift it back up and smell some smoke and burn some gas and light some NGK spark plugs off and let's have some fun. There you go. I like it. Um, Well, Don, I've been asking everybody um, in this segment just because I I think we we have to just – try to think about things that would make our sport just a little bit better and maybe even specifically our classes. But uh, in your opinion, in the name of constant improvement, what, uh, what change would you make to our classes to make it just a little bit better? That's a really broad question for me to answer. <laughs> because there's a lot of things in our classes that I would like to do that I feel like would make them better. Um, I think if you just, Personally, from the top sportsman side, uh, we we have to keep it from turning into uh, the economic who's got more in their pocket program. Yep. Um, that's a class called Pro Mod, and that's where those people need to go. Um, and so, you know, ultimately on my plate, I would love to have a conversation about weight, the weights that are being thrown around and used on uh, certain engine combinations and so forth. Um to not drive out competitors from our sport. Uh, then the next, then the next topic that I'm going to go to is, is the, is the, is the purses, um, the planning, the promotion side, the things that allow those racers that are out there that truly want to do this at the, at the high level, uh, being able to have something to sell and be involved. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. We had a conversation a couple of people did a few weeks ago. We may, we may very well be venturing back to the snake and mongoose era of the seventies of parking lot displays and, and blowing up regional events, uh, match race style, quick eight style events to get people that are afraid to travel and, and keep the, the mitigated risk down. That may be where we're headed. Uh, you know, there may be some opportunities in the regional area for that. Uh, so promotion-wise, purse-wise, financial, I feel like, we, you know, we've got a long way to go in the, in the top tier. And I, and I would spread that paint roller across top alcohol dragster, top alcohol funny car, top sportsman, top dragster. You know, those four uh, premier classes of, of sportsman racing, I would, I'd be using that paint roller across all of them because there's plenty of personalities that are out there and individuals that can make money and provide entertainment in the community as we travel uh, to be impactful. So uh, that's where I would probably stop at. That'd be my two. I yeah. think anything that we're probably going to 2024 and 2025. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, those are two really good points. Um, you know, um, and I could really pontificate on some of the weight stuff a little bit better. And maybe you and I will dig into that uh, some other time, but, uh, yeah, the weight stuff and then trying to figure out how this thing just stays viable, given the the amount of resources you have to put into this thing to make them work. And sometimes the travel just, uh, is becomes too much. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Uh, but, uh, thank you for your thoughts on that. Um, Hey, before I let you go, and I know you've got a, a lot to do with, uh, your marketing folks um today but uh, i would be completely remiss if i didn't ask you about your better half how how is diane doing well she actually believe it or not she is uh walking out of the infusion center as we speak from getting her her iv infusion today for this month for her ms treatment so we're we're fighting every day we don't really know how else to do it um not gonna quit but at the same time we're just going to uh, keep our forehead down and keep pushing and uh, trying to keep her healthy as she's getting ready to, to climb in the truck. But, yeah, she's, uh, you know, 20-plus years with MS, and then, you know, obviously we're in our second year right now with the cancer battle. She doesn't have a whole lot of quit in her. So uh, we're just going to keep fighting, and uh, I have zero quit in me. So uh makes, makes for a good combination and good uh, – a good partner to uh, go through this journey with. So uh, I appreciate you asking. And uh, I, we always appreciate the thoughts and, and everything that people continue to send to us. Uh, as, uh, she had her birthday over the weekend, and we had a drive-by birthday celebration here in small Evansville. And 
and I was great for, grateful for all the people that sent flowers and balloons and messages and well wishes for. So uh, thank you for asking, Rex. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, thanks for uh, giving that, uh, you know, kind of update on her. So uh, happy birthday to Diane. And, uh, Don, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, take her to lunch or do whatever you got to do. Take care of her right now. But uh, thanks for coming on. Um, good conversation as always. And whenever we do get uh, – you know, ready to race again. Good luck to you this year. Absolutely, Rex. Thank you for everything you're doing to highlight our two classes and the sport of drag racing. And uh, I appreciate the time being on. Yep. That was the great Don O'Neill. Today's half track report is brought to you by dragracelawyer.com. Hey, guys, girls, there are a lot of actions going on right now and you may need an attorney to protect yourself so do not forget about ed harney at dragracelawyer.com he gets you he knows you and he is there to help but uh guys girls what is rapidly becoming the shortest segment on the fast brackets podcast once again there are no races to report on no number one qualifiers to marvel at no insanely fast bump spots to be amazed at and no amazing final rounds or miraculous runs through the field to analyze it is rough there are some tracks opening up around the country for local events, uh, mostly bracket racing and some testing tunes. Uh, you got to check your local listings for that, um, but uh, certainly state by state, in some cases city by city. But there are some bracket races that have come online, and those have been very popularly attended, which is great for all of us. Um, we are uniting, and we are getting to the track, helping the promoters, helping the racetrack owners. That is all really good stuff. Um, and, you know, it sounds like we are we are doing the right thing, um, and that's support the ones that support us. So um, even with all the restrictions and the, the spacing and social distancing and stuff, it looks like there are full houses everywhere, which is nice. Um, that being said, what's coming up this weekend, the Midwest Pro Mod Series is putting their show on. They are in Tulsa. They are the throwdown in T-Town, their big event. Uh, sponsored by the Osage Casino Hotel at Tulsa Motorsports Park. So if you want to race in May, um, as we release this, it's Wednesday at 6 o'clock. You better load that rig and get on the road if you want to race top sportsman or top dragster in the month of May. So get to Tulsa. Um, good luck to everyone um, you know, out there involved. Stay safe, travel safe, and uh, have a blast in Tulsa. Um, from the PDRA, there's, uh, they're still in hold schedule working with different government agencies, so there's nothing to announce at this time. And then the NHRA has postponed all the Mellow Yellow races through June and July, so they look like they will start up again actually July 31st at the Northwest Nationals in Seattle. And then we expect an announcement on the Mellow Yellow um or, sorry, the Lucas Oil Series and the divisional events here very, very soon. But as of the time when we record this, there's there's nothing out, so stay tuned with that. We will certainly update you when and if we hear any good news on the scheduling front. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one second and bring on a former junior dragster national champion. He's also a two-time Super Comp national champion. He's a former Top Fuel World champion. He's the driver of the DHL Kalita Motorsports Top Fuel Dragster. Welcome to the show, Sean Langdon. Sean, how are you today, my man? I'm doing good. Uh, great to have you um, on the show. And um, you have really done it on almost every level of drag racing. But uh, take us way, way back uh, when you were growing up. When did you know, oh, no, I'm addicted to this? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I really grew up around the racetrack. My my dad uh, raced uh, a lot of local Southern California events when I was a kid. So I really just kind of grew up out there uh, at the track. And, you know, I just – I really enjoyed it. I always uh, had fun going out there. And, and um, you know, I was a kid on the back of the trailer with – a hundred hot wheels making my own races while the races were going on. And, 
So, you know, I always had a uh, a two-inch, you know, just because I was kind of brought up around it. But I was, growing up, I was very competitive as a kid. So, um, I just liked anything and everything that you could compete in, Um, you know, whether it be in uh, uh, racing or uh, any type of sports or anything like that. So, um, you know, obviously the uh, competitive side of it kind of got me naturally addicted to it. And then... You know, once I got into the racing the junior dragsters, and um, I had fun doing it, and it was kind of cool to be able to go out there and meet new people and get new friends and and all that. But I really believe that uh, once in 1997, when when I uh, had won that championship, I really think from then on was really kind of like, okay, there might be something here, and uh, I just kind of ran with it and. And, um, you know, ended up where I'm at today, kind of crazy, but, uh, but, uh, you know, definitely a pretty cool, pretty cool story, I guess. Oh, for sure. And because if I remember right, you were a pretty good baseball player, right? So you had to make a decision at some point, like, uh, whether I want to keep playing baseball or, or, uh, run this, uh, racing thing out for a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I grew up, uh, playing a lot of baseball. I was a, a big baseball fan, still am today. Um, but I did a lot of little league and, and even success in that where, you know, I was a pitcher and played shortstop and went through the little league stuff and then kind of started getting into the travel ball and starting to get on some other teams. And I was really playing year round baseball. Um, and I had actually, uh, the summer, um, of, of 97, um, when I won the championship, I, I was just getting into high school and, uh, you know, just, uh, I kind of turned in a little bit where I was trying to play baseball, but trying to race. And it was really hard to kind of juggle them both to be competitive at both. Cause I was playing games on the weekend. And I mean, there was a couple races where I'd have my buddies make the time runs in my junior car <laughs> while I was gone. I mean, kind of, you know, uh, I could say it now, maybe 20 years later, but, um, (laughs) but you know, it just, it it really became tough. And so I had actually quit playing for two years. Um, the coach and I didn't really see eye to eye. He he wanted a little more commitment out of me, which, you know, I, I understand. Um, but I was really into the racing thing. So, and I didn't want to give up, uh, going racing on the weekends. I want to play baseball during the week and race on the weekends. And, uh, so we didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I started kind of getting benched for uh, missing practices and missing some games to go race in. And so uh, I just was kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of over it. And uh, so I quit actually uh, uh, two years. Uh, I joined the swim team on the, uh, the, the high school team. And so I did that and I was able to make that work. But then, you know, I just really kind of got over the, the swimming deal and, um, you know, just was really missing baseball, actually. So I tried out for my junior year and was actually able to make the varsity team. And I was a, a pitcher on the varsity team for two years. And, yeah, kind of after high school, uh, you know, I probably, you know, who's to say, you know, who knows where things would have gone. Um, but I was kind of getting a little just tired. Uh, my arm was hurting a lot. I did a lot of pitching. I mean, there's uh, actually one of the things that I got benched for when I was in uh, summer of high school was um, I went and pitched uh, six innings on the uh, summer ball team and later that night I was also on the Little League All-Star team and I went and threw a complete game shutout seven inning uh, was six or seven inning shutout uh, that night and and uh, that next uh, that next week come back to school and pitcher or uh, I'm sorry the, the coach said uh, hey I was looking at the newspaper and seen that you uh, threw a good game the other night <laughs> I said, yeah. And he said, I noticed it was right after our game. Well, yeah. And he just, he reamed me pretty good. I mean, throwing, you know, that day I threw like something like 12, 12 some innings. And, uh, but, you know, I had kind of a rubber arm at that time. I, I could throw all day long. And, but it kind of caught up to me my junior, senior year. And, uh, my shoulder was starting to hurt and starting to have some, some deals. And, uh, so I just kind of said, you know, I'm just going to kind of run with the uh, with the race and stuff. And at that time was, I had just started to run in uh, my senior year of high school, starting to run in Super Comp, and got my first car. Was having a lot of fun doing that. So, um, you know, I kind of went that direction. 
I think it's safe to say that you made the right decision um, after all these years. And, uh, you know, um, I, I don't wouldn't expect that you'd rub it in the baseball coach's face, but uh, I think you've made the right decision after at the end of the year, right? You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, what, where I've ended up. I mean, you know, of course, those, uh, those baseball contracts look pretty enticing. So, <laughs> There's you know, that. There's that. Uh, you know, that's, I, I, on, the, on the flip side of it, you know, that's probably the only thing that, uh, you know, that, uh, if there's any regret of it would, would have been, you know, what, what could have been. Uh, but, you know, I mean, nah, it's just I, uh, I'm very happy with where, where I've ended up. Um, you know, got a, uh, I've had a really good career, uh, you know, very, very excited for hopefully uh, many years in the future of continuing uh, doing some drag racing. Yep. And um, so you've done that and uh, done it at a really high level. But I want to I want to dig into something here uh, real quickly that we've been doing more of now. And you specifically have done a lot more of here now that we've been on quarantine, which is the iRacing. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been doing with that. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, in the beginning of the year, it's kind of something, a few people within the racing industry, I mean, this is probably five, six, seven years ago or so, Ron Caps was telling me, man, you got to get into this iRacing, it's pretty awesome. And uh, he actually gave me like a free subscription card for it, and I never did it. Um, But, you know, just I I was throughout the years would hear people do it, hear people do it. And then it was kind of towards the end of last year, uh, a couple people were like really harping on me, man, you should try this out. This is a pretty cool deal. And um, so beginning of the year, I uh, actually ran across a, a guy uh, and JR and I started talking about it, um, uh, Chad Wheeler, and he uh, does WR1 Sims out of Oklahoma. And um, so I ended up shooting him a message on Twitter and said, hey, man, get me some pricing on these deals. You, uh, you know, I kind of like what you got. And, you know, he shot me a pretty, pretty fair price. Um, you know, there's really no cheap way to go about it when you kind of, you know, try to get like a full simulator deal. But yeah, it's kind of uh, like it's kind of like a lot of racing, right? Like, you can get pricey pretty quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just like anything. You know, what do you want to do? I mean, if you want a little laptop screen with a, uh, you know, with an Xbox steering wheel and and what have you, I mean, you know, go get a regular computer. I mean, yeah, you could probably be in it. You know, eight hundred thousand bucks. I mean, there's some of the NASCAR guys got full blown motion simulators that they're thirty, forty grand into it. So, right. yeah. um, you know, you know, I kind of, I, I uh, you know, I just kind of felt like, you know, the uh, Chad uh, simulator was, you know, pretty neat little unit, one piece unit, curved screen, got all the nice wheel and and gas and brake pedal assembly and and nice seat and everything. So, kind of went doing that, and I actually got it uh, a week before we went testing. So I played on it a little bit and. Then I was gone for a month from testing to Pomona to Phoenix and came back and kind of played a little bit. And then that's kind of when the quarantine hit. And so, yeah, I was already a little bit set up and had a little bit of knowledge in it. And then kind of uh, uh, just from racing and some social stuff, it just kind of escalated where I was, I've been able to get in some pretty cool leagues um, and, and some pretty cool little series that uh, some people have put on um, to showcase, like, you know, some live streaming on the Internet and um, – but yeah, I mean, some uh, pretty cool stuff, man. It's it, I tell you what, this stuff is awesome, and it gives you a whole new respect for what these guys do. Um, I've probably been doing a little bit more on the IndyCar side, which I've always kind of been a little bit more of a NASCAR guy. Yeah. Uh, but just the races that I've been uh, invited to have been more on the IndyCar side, and man, I'm telling you, I'm having a a blast. I actually did a uh, a race in Michigan last night, ended up winning in that, and that was a pretty cool thing. And oh, congrats! We're doing a yeah, thank you. Yeah, tonight we got a race at Daytona, and uh, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty neat little deal. Um, some pretty big names, like so, I mean, the the IndyCar guys are in this deal, so it's kind of neat for me. Where you know, I just I've watched that series for so long, but now I'm in this the series and racing with you know like Alexander Rossi and Connor Daly, Graham Rahal, right. James Hinchcliffe. Lion Dyke Jr., uh, I think they said Kyle Busch is in tonight's race. Um, uh, Stephen Wilson, Tony Kanaan, Will, Will Davison. I mean, there's there's so many names, uh, you know, and so it's kind of cool for me, just uh, guys that I've never been able to race against, and then now I'm in these practice sessions and these, you know, kind of 
interacting with these guys and and uh it's a really cool engaging simulator that it man i'm telling you you get the real feel you sit in it right before the race starts and your adrenaline's going you can feel your heart beating through your chest and your palms are sweaty and i mean it gives you the real feel but it's pretty cool yeah no that's that's really um i i think it's really great stuff i mean one the fact that you get to race in michigan um you know one night uh you know, Daytona the next day without getting on a plane is uh, really fun. And then, um, you know, if you go upside down, well, it doesn't hurt that much. And then the, the last thing I think is really great is the fact that, and you're, you're doing it, you are putting drag racing on the map with the rest of these guys. And uh, when, when you go out and win a race, um, you know, it, it really does bring credibility to our sport as well. So, Nicely done, brother. Um, you know, let's see if we can do this back to back tonight, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Like Caps, uh, I'm pretty impressed with Caps. You know, uh, he's he's a funny car driver, but uh, he's probably done it the most out of all of us, um, and he's done uh, the most different types of series. So he may be running a rally cross one night, and then the next night he'll be in a uh, some type of NASCAR deal, and next night he'll be in the uh, a sprint car or a, a modified and you know he's done fairly well with it so yeah it's kind of cool it's, i i think you know there's so many things that we do throughout the years of cross marketing with other series you know toyota is a really big proponent of that of sure. you know getting us in with doing cross marketing stuff with nascar and all that kind of stuff but you know i, I think that there's so much engagement on this i racing thing where it really takes it to another level because you are doing this engagement with you know, these NASCAR guys, these IndyCar guys, um, you know, like a, a, a couple weeks ago, we um, kind of integrated into a race. We brought in one of our sponsors, Mac Tools. They did the Mac Tools 300. So we had a lot of IndyCar guys and a lot of, you know, different car uh, uh, racers that were promoting this Mac Tools thing, which, you know, it was really good for them. Um, but, you know, we got our full DHL paint scheme on, on the stuff. So there's a lot of things that's really cool that, you know, like the average fan – that would never in a million years have an opportunity to race against the IndyCar guy. I mean, even like me for that matter, I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, of, of these IndyCar guys and, and I get to race and compete with them. And it's, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, like the other night I was racing in a, a truck race and, um, and it was kind of funny cause I noticed the name. I'm like, dang, AJ McCarron, that sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if that's the football guy. Randy <laughs> said that someone right. times in is like, AJ McCarron, you that football guy and he just radios back. <laughs> Yep. It was like, well, that's pretty cool, man. You that's know, just, awesome. And uh, you know, just opportunities like that, that, uh, that you don't get to have every day to interact with somebody like that. AJ McCarron, um, you know, pretty cool guy. And you just out there just kind of having fun racing with everybody else. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool stuff. Um, as long as it doesn't divert into what it does with me and my friends, which is just a tremendous junk talking fest, the entire time and so uh as long as you're keeping it cordial i think that's that's good out there well there is a little bit of that too i mean don't believe for a second that <laughs> some people won't rub stuff in or or kind of pick and poke at, at certain people um yeah i mean a big thing on there is everybody you know majority of the people try to take it pretty serious um you know because there's obviously safety ratings and all kinds of stuff like that that they have so the more you wreck the worse your safety rating is and it's harder for you to get into races and stuff so um you know for the most part people take it pretty serious and you know if there's somebody that's in the room that's a, a constant wrecker they'll definitely call you out right for sure um so that that's been a positive then of this quarantine and and the other positive thing of the quarantine is i think you're gonna have a little bit more time to do some more bracket racing as well is that right yeah actually uh i'm currently in the middle of packing right now uh i was out in california for a couple weeks and came back home for a few days got some things done around the house and uh and so done a couple i races and now i'm packing heading down to alabama uh try to do uh plan is for the saturday do a test session um and then hopefully get ready they they got some some races that uh some states are starting to open up and they're able to um you know stay within the guidelines and the regulations of everything and obviously do it in a safe manner. And, um, you know, I think they're, you know, uh, it's, it's good to be that time where states are starting to move into their other phases. So 
um, yeah, hopefully it'll start opening up. I mean, obviously with the um, NHRA schedule not starting till August, it opens up a couple more months. And um, I mean, what's what's better than being a paid bracket racer, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, and but you still keep uh, a bracket car, right? So you, I mean, that, that's still yours, and you get it out as much as you can. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, uh, I actually have. Uh, well, I'm, I have two, and then I'm partners in two of them. So, um, yeah, we kind of have uh, a plethora of cars down in, in Alabama. Todd Ewing and I, we we kind of uh, put our stuff together a few years ago and do a lot of racing together. And yep. so, yeah, I mean, we got Vegas and Novas and Camaros and uh, three undercover dragsters and a Don Neff Cavalier. And so we we have a, a few different cars that, um, you know, we're able to go race, which is, you know, a lot of fun and um but yeah so we're uh you know we just enjoy it man and uh, it's kind of neat just you know going bracket racing kind of getting away a little bit and that's usually what i utilize it for in the in the middle of the years while we're racing top fuel is on my off weekends i'll go race kind of for me it's a little bit of a vacation a little bit of a getaway a little bit more low-key get to do a lot of racing a lot of competitive racing um but you know i just it's what i grew up around so i just really love doing the bracket racing and and it's neat to uh you know kind of tinker around on your own cars and work on your own stuff and kind of brings you you know back to to what you grew up kind of doing driving to the races and doing everything yourself typically when i'm at the races they they try to shoot me away from the car they don't want me touching it so (laughs) you don't you don't bring the whole crew and uh let them uh tear it down in between rounds no i mean i i've I've had a few of the guys they've, they've come to the races before and I just tell them, I said, hey, guys, just stick there in the cooler. There's some beer, and I said, <laughs> right. just enjoy it. I, I, got, I got this one. Yeah, no, that's that's great stuff. Um, well, let me uh, try to merge two worlds here real quick. So you have had some success and really gotten involved in this iRacing stuff. Obviously, uh, success and your roots are bracket racing. Do you think we've we can get the iRacing to put – together a uh a racing bracket race because i think top sportsman top drags would be ideal for that man i'm telling you somebody actually brought that to my attention on twitter not long ago and i said that would probably be the worst thing for my life because <laughs> if i racing came out with a bracket race bracket racing portion of it i probably literally would never leave the house um yeah. but i think it would be awesome i think it would be a great i mean in the i racing thing the other day i was on there's fifteen thousand people on at one time That's racing amazing. in various different uh you know tracks and, and cars and all that but man if you put a bracket racing thing together it, it i mean there's there's so many things that would go along with it that you know it would be difficult to do but i'm sure they could figure it out and do it but yeah i mean you'd probably have a thousand people in in one race you know but it it'd be fun man i i think That'd be great. It'd be uh, cool to do. It would it would make a killing too because we'd all be lined up to pay money for it. We'd all just be lined up. You know, how much how much does it cost? Here's here's the card. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I you know, I I, I would hope after this, you know, that NHRA maybe would take a look at this and, and obviously see the value in it. Um, you know, if you look at uh I mean obviously in hindsight, you know, I've had some talks with them and in hindsight, yeah, they they wish they would have uh, you know for long you know gone along with this in in the past and uh, and gotten involved. But you know, it's just it, it takes money and um, yeah, you know, they just they uh, decided to go against it. But you know, hopefully they they could look at this as a positive and and see you know what type of engagement there is with this with um, you know other people that aren't familiar with with our racing and other people that. Um, would be entertained by it and other people that would maybe go, you know, get one of the cars and just go race it to see what it's like. And then say, Oh, this is pretty cool. I want to go to a race. So, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of positives out of, uh, of having your splay racing. Uh, I mean, for instance, I never would have raced uh, one of those midgets at, at the chili bowl. And <laughs> right. I was a few weeks ago, I was messing around with those things and it's like, man, these things are way harder than I ever would have imagined they were. I can and, imagine. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's hard just to make a couple laps and not spin out in these things. So, you know, it really just gives you a whole new respect for a lot of these other cars. Um, you know, I mean, prime example, I get in the Xfinity car and I'm a few tenths behind. And so I, I contact some of my contacts over at TRD and some old NASCAR crew chiefs and I'm having them mess with my setups, try to pick my car up. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, that go in with, uh, you know, it's like you just think, well, you know, you're just going in the circle in the NASCAR. It can't be that difficult. Right. Well, yeah. it's not difficult right. to drive. It's difficult to be fast in them, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's so right. So just, just kind of gives you a whole new respect. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be man, it'd be awesome if, if uh, drag racing could get in there somehow. Yeah. No, um, I have my fingers crossed for it, and uh, maybe we can – uh, put that on our wish list for sure. But uh, Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, you know, good luck this season. Fast Brackets Nation is rooting for you, and uh, good luck this weekend. All right. Well, I appreciate it very much. That was the champ, Sean Langdon. As we hit the mile per hour cone today, um, it is uh, very very tough for all of us because we're not out there doing what we do uh but it the thought occurred to me you know what are we doing to prepare for the race season that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise done or had time to do uh certainly all our trailers and rigs should be thoroughly inspected and in great shape ready to go um but uh, i'm curious um did you do anything uh specifically to your car or add any power to it because there was some extra time. Like a lot of times the winter, we try to repair, we try to get things right, um, but then the race comes up and we go, well, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. And uh, so certainly we should have a little more time to make sure um, that uh, everything is all set. And without question, these are some trying times for all of us. Um, Some of us are much more impacted than others. And those that are really impacted financially have bigger fish to fry. Um, So those that are not as heavily financially impacted have some time and maybe even some extra money, um, you know, if you're not eating out as much, um, et cetera, or whatever it is, uh, saving gas on the commute, et cetera, to put towards that shiny new object you've had on your wish list for a while. Um, So I'm very, very curious. What have you done? And essentially the way I was trying to think about this is what positive of this downtime has come out of this for your race program um, I think we've certainly heard enough of the bad stuff literally every time we log onto the computer or turn on the TV but I'm curious and I want to know from you what positive has this uh, staycation the quarantine had for you and your race program please uh, send me a message on Facebook Uh, send me a message on Twitter, or you can email me at fastbrackets at outlook.com. I want to know something positive. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Yes, let's go ahead and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 42. There it is. There is that glorious wind light and Gloria. Thank you, Laura Brannigan. Um, Guys, girls, it's been a tough one out there. Careful about the murder hornets. Careful about the aliens come to us. Uh, So let's celebrate a little bit. Uh, Tomorrow's promise to nobody. So uh, do what we got to do to make it a happy time on this earth. Um, Special thanks to our guests today for coming on. Don O'Neill, he's a top sportsman standout and racers in rental cars host. And then Sean Langdon, the Kalita Motorsports top field driver. They were both were great. Appreciate them coming on. Please like and share the Facebook and Twitter pages. Make comments. If you don't mind, I want to hear a little bit of feedback from you guys. I've hoped you enjoyed it. Uh, keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
question. How is racing not the first thing to open? Man, I've been saying this. Like, it's outside. There's plenty of room. Nobody's confined. Like, we're... This is getting pretty clear, man. Like the the fact that this stuff is, it, you have to be in really close quarters, and it has to be inside. Like it's being transported in elevators and subway trains a lot more than it's being transmitted out in parks and and on racetracks. So, um, at some point, common sense is going to catch up to this thing, and I think, to your point, that uh, we're we're going to be in really good shape as racers. Putting you in charge of that somebody should i've been telling people for years uh just i should be in charge <laughs>